We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. We're recording on the Green Room app, Friday, 5 p.m. The show that we're becoming a daily show, Andy. <laughs> Maybe twice like, a day. It's like how uh, Light Years Radio, you call us in and Light Years Radio. This is what we are. We give the people what they want and what they need. We're like, we are like Dan VR957 combined, and then we give it to you in pod form. You know, and then we give you premium version and then merch. And then, I mean, what don't we do? And what don't we do? I mean, I'm, I'm starting up a delivery app so we can be your go-to for food. You know, <laughs> forget DoorDash. Oh, unless, is DoorDash a sponsor? You guys should use DoorDash, promo code LightYears. <laughs> um, all right. So we got a, uh, I feel like we, we both thought this day was coming, but today it is official. Andre Godala is returning to the Warriors on a veteran minimum. May, maybe his last year. Um, it's unclear, you know, that he, in the article in the New York Times, he noted he was at peace if he wasn't going to play again. But the idea of coming back to where he had his best glory, um, kind of the team he's most synonymous with in his career. Sorry, Philly, it's not you. Uh, the Warriors. So he's going to come back here and, uh, gut reaction. How do you feel, Andy? I, I'm joyous. You know, I am very sentimental and emotional. So yes, when I, I know like you're, I know happen, you're a Giants fan. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm a Giants and a K drama fan. When these things happen, I, I don't think of them from a, the lens of a, uh, Oh, what's he going to do on the basketball court? I'm just happy, man. Like it's, it's a cool story. Uh, he played the whole, I'm thinking of chasing a championship with the Lakers or the Nets, you know, storyline, which is obviously BS. Do you, do you think he was? Do you think he was just trolling us all? I think he yes. was kind of trolling us all when he was just yes. leaking out there. I'm going to sign with the Lakers just for just for the fun of it. Yeah, he, no chance he was ever going to do it. I don't think we were ever nervous. It's like Steph's extension. Nobody was ever nervous about it. But uh, I, I'm very happy. I. He deserves to finish his career with the Warriors. If he does finish his career this season, who knows if he even does? But uh, it's the perfect spot for him. And and uh, I think Steph and Draymond and Clay Sam are probably the happiest uh, that they've been all what two in the last two years or so because of the signing. So it's all it's great all around. Yeah, Steph got his golfing buddy <laughs> uh, key key for that man because he's not going golfing with kuminga and, mm. and moody sorry mm. they're, they're just a little too young what's he gonna talk what, what would he talk about with teenagers on the golf course oh, he's like trying to talk about his investments and they're like looking at tiktok like that's, what would they even happen. talk about normally that's the thing <laughs> yeah. like i'm curious well, at least, at, least in, at least in practice you talk about the game and everything in context of the game yeah but like getting off the court i mean <laughs> andy you notice like do you even feel comfortable talking with like the new 21 year old who gets hired fresh out of college. Like well, I have hey, nothing in common with you. My sister's 21. That's see, like I know that's, right fa- away. that's, you- that's family though. That's different. No, 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 but I, she doesn't, I don't even understand the stuff that she talks about sometimes. And then <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't understand TikTok. That's the one it's like, I mean, I understand it, but like, I, I don't know. Anyway, that see, that's the stuff where it's like James Wiseman, uh, Kuminga and Moody. Do you know how much that they need someone like Andre Godal in the locker room if they want to succeed in the NBA? Like, they need that so bad. Like, last season, Steph and Draymond were the leaders, right, Sam? But sometimes being a leader, you can't play and be a leader at the same – it's very hard. 
to be a locker room leader and play. That's why David West had that role, right? Because he wasn't like a superstar on the court. Um, he could and, lead in the locker room. And Andre kind of was the de facto locker room leader before he left anyway. Like we know he was yeah. kind of mentoring the Pat McCaws, um, of Alfonso McKinney's, you know, those type of guys. It's not like the Warriors had a ton of young players with high ceilings for him, but he was kind of that guy who was, you know, he always he always says he wants to pay it forward the way the vets did for him. Like I've heard him say that in at least a half dozen interviews to a point where uh, you know it it comes across pretty sincere. You know, yeah. he could be a troll, he could do a lot of things, but I do think he values the concept of helping younger players the way vets helped him. Yeah. Um, so I, in many ways, I think that's going to be his biggest value because we've we watched Kuminga in the California Classic. We're going to watch him in Vegas next week. Tools, obvious. Rawness, also obvious. Mm -hmm. And someone like Andre, who is a Hall of Fame caliber wing, you know, he uh, first team all defender, just kind of one of the smartest players you're going to see. A guy who's seen it all can be invaluable to him because it can't just be like, Steph trying to build him up because a Steph plays a different position and then like B it can't just be like Draymond barking at him all the time. You kind of need you kind of need someone who's like, hey man, I've guarded that guy in the past. This is what you got to do. You got to take away his left hand. You gotta you gotta really you gotta overshade to the left because that's all he wants to do. You know, I don't know what I'm talking about James Harden. No, but, <laughs> no, you're, uh, or or, uh, or or Chris Paul uh, with the other hand, but um. Well, we can talk, we can bring it to Wiseman and you could say the same thing, right? Like last season, they were missing a guy for Wiseman. Wiseman was so down in, in large swaths of last season that we felt bad for him. You go back and listen to our pause. We felt bad for Wiseman um, because there was just, he seemed depressed out there and there was nobody really, like, I love Draymond. We love Draymond. We love the way he competes, but the guy's yelling at Wiseman out there and he's not being an asshole, but it's like, I don't know. That's not positive reinforcement. Um, and you kind of need someone like that. Although I don't know if Andre's that guy, but he's certainly a different style of mentorship than Draymond out there, right? And then you, it, they, they just need those guys. Um, and, and last year, you just felt like they didn't have that for someone like Wiseman. And so now you got two more young guys, as much as Warriors fans may not like it. You got two more young guys. They're not really going anywhere uh, for at least the next few months. So perfect, uh, perfect guy to mentor. Yeah, and... It's early, but I kind of have a feeling that Andre is going to like both Moody and Kuminga. You think so? They both come across super competitive. They both come across as players who want to get better. Um, I think that's all that matters to vets. Like you, you, you watch enough basketball, you you start figuring out these guys don't really care what their personality type is as much as they care that they're workers. They care that they're being serious with the game. Like we can always go back to D'Angelo Russell. What drove Draymond insane was how unserious D'Lo was about anything other than getting his own shot off, right? (laughs) So it's like one of those things where it's like if these kids um, come with the right attitude and are working, you know, Andre and those guys are going to like him. And Andre is going to end up being probably more valuable to them in year one than Steph or Draymond will. Yeah, I I agree. Um, And also – in terms of hard workers, there's not really anybody that works harder than the three guys that you met, Steph, Draymond, and Clay. It's the reason why none of those three guys were drafted higher than seven. <laughs> Draymond, second round pick, Clay, 11, Steph, seven. Those guys weren't supposed to be superstars. I mean, it could have been, but there's a reason why they were. It's, it's, they work harder than pretty much every, any other star in the NBA. Uh, and so that's, that's how they got where they are. So that's, cool that Andre's there too. Um, do you want to kind of talk about the on-court stuff? I think yeah, I was going to say, let's, stuff. Yeah. let's do the on-court thing. So um, with the Heat, he was playing about 20-ish minutes a game, which is a little less than he was playing with the Warriors. I honestly would not be surprised if he only played like 15 minutes a game yeah, I agree. I next agree. year. I, I, he knows how to play basketball. He, he has a penchant for like hitting big shots, just like he always has, but I don't think the legs are there to play the the big minutes. No way. You know he used no to, and, and that's fine. He's thirty seven. He'll be thirty eight mid season. Um, it's like you. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! Um, uh, someone in the chat goes only fifteen minutes. That's a lot, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think what he will give them is something they desperately miss when Draymond is off the floor. 
which is a point forward. This offense yeah. is predicated about getting paint touches. Maybe Andre will play a de facto four on offense, the same stuff that Draymond does. Yeah. And um, it'll just make it easier to play Jordan Poole point guard because you can do the Draymond Steph thing with Andre and Jordan Poole. Um, look, they're not changing their offense. We know how Steve Kerr likes to run the offense. He wants to get the ball moving, a lot of motion. To do that, you need smart players. Andre Godal is still like top 1% of the NBA in terms of Vicoom passing ability. So even if he's only playing 10 to 15 minutes a game, that's going to help. Uh, as we saw last year, this offense doesn't work with the Kelly Oubre's of the world. <laughs> and when the offense works, it's gorgeous. And so you talked about IQ. That's exactly what I wanted to bring up. And this is not just Andre Godala, but the Warriors, they, uh, they, I think they corrected two things. Number one, player development. They hired three guys to develop youngsters. And uh, they hired three guys to develop three youngsters, really, really what they did. And then number two is they decided to, we're going to go away from athletic guys who don't want to play basketball. You're Kelly Oubre's of the world and Ken Bazemore's of the world. and we're going to go with smart veterans. And I cannot disagree with that. I can't, I can't disagree. That is the absolute best way, um, especially with this team, because in order to play with Steph and Draymond, you really need to be – this is not a James Harden offense. You don't just get to stand there in the corner and just shoot threes and just kind of rebound on the other side. It's not Russell Westbrook's offense, right? Like you no. got, you got to actually know how to play basketball. You got to be a basketball player, not a hooper. You need to play in this offense. So you got to be both. Um, so I think not just Andre, but, you know, Bielitsa, um, Otto Porter, but again, now you got Andre, but you, you talked about the need for a backup point guard. He's not your traditional backup point guard, but he is the backup kind of caretaker of the second. I agree. And now that I think about it more and more, like I would like to have a guard who can get downhill because I just don't think this team generates enough shots at the rim, but more than anything, they just need another guard. In their rotation, because here's the reality of it. Otto Porter, Andre Godala, they're going to be playing more four than they're going to be playing three. Um, they're not going to be guarding point guards like consistently. You know what I'm saying? They're they're not those guys. And when you look at it, like Clay's gone for a period of time. Obviously, we still have Steph, uh, Poole, Dav- uh, Damian Lee. And then it's just Moses Moody and Moses Moody's 18, 19. And I think he's going to, I think there's a reasonable shot that he catches on quicker than your traditional one and one, one and done. But like, that's a lot of pressure on that dude, you know? And also on clay, even when clay comes back, it's a lot of pressure on him being able to guard quicker guys. I feel like that'll be the thing he struggles with most like the jump shot, zero concerns, you know, Uh, being able to body someone who's strong, not concerned. Chasing quick guys, that might be a problem. Yeah, the 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 guard position on defense is concerning. I mean, you really you really only got Wiggins. I mean, Steph is a good defender at this point in his career, but he's thirty three. I mean, you don't want him to. You're also guard, you're still going to be asking him long. to score thirty next year. 30 so you really don't want him. Yeah. You don't want him to like. We need you to be Patrick Beverly on defense and <laughs> need you to and pick Steph up full court. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it is a bit of concern, which is why I've kind of talked myself a little bit into Avery Bradley. I mean, just defensively. I was I was going to say Avery Bradley might be my leader in the clubhouse right now. Like, yeah. I know Dennis Schroeder's hanging out there, and he seems like the kind of guy who would literally take less money despite the Lakers at this stage. <laughs> but um, I I don't think the Warriors are going to end up getting right. him, and I think Avery Bradley is probably your best guy to be that like point of attack defender can hit some open shots. Yeah, he's not going to give you playmaking, but you can't have it all. And I think this team upgraded their IQ enough that it's okay that they didn't get the the pick-and-roll guard that I wanted who can get to the cup. Like, I think right, it's okay. Right. But, um, you know, just because you can't, you can't have it all on a mid-level exception or a vet minimum or anything. So uh, maybe Avery Bradley's a move. He would be another guy, though, that throws into the auto porter yeah, we know. We know You're, if he's physically right, he can do some things. But is he physically right? 
That, that's I mean that's two guys right there. I mean I guess I and then guess you got I, Clay, and then you yeah. got like I mean even you probably throw Bielitsa and Iguodala in there on some level I mean, too. Old. I, mean, I mean old people yeah. just you just, yeah. just I mean even regardless if they're not injured or not. There was, uh, we they might have to go strength in numbers because I don't think anyone on this team other than like four guys can go thirty minutes. So. I mean it's like the Giants got injured all season because they got an old ass team, so they literally yeah. they're just getting healthy now. But it's like there's a reason why they weren't healthy. They're old. Um, but it's a lot of reliance on Jordan Poole. And there's another point I want to bring up. But this does help Jordan Poole because, I mean, as much as we give or I give Steve Kerr some grief, you don't necessarily want him to be the primary ball handler at all times off the second unit. So this does help him. It does take the ball out of, out of his hands a little bit and allow him to be who Jordan Poole is, which is he's a scorer. It's a it's a playmaker. And not, not really a playmaker, but a scorer. Yeah. Right? At, at getting to the rim and three-point shooting. So this will help him. Um, I, I'm just really, I'm just really excited just cause I, last season, one of the most frustrating parts Sam was just watching the team that just looked like they didn't know how to play basketball. <laughs> I don't think we're seeing that again this year. I, I don't think so. Unless Kamingo plays 38 minutes a game and it's not his fault <laughs> if he does. So. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, it's going to be interesting because I feel like they went the complete opposite direction. Last year, they went all athleticism and zero IQ. Yeah. This year, it's all IQ, and I'm not sure they have enough athleticism. I do think they have enough size, though. So that's, that's a you big do. change. I, I that's think a little bit I'm concerned about. You, you do think they not have enough inter- size. Not interior, but on the one through four, I think they have a decent amount of size. Like Otto Porter's big. Iguodala's big. Wiggins yeah. is big for his position. Kuminga's big. Um, they're not undersized at one through four per se. Um, the five spot, a lot of it comes down to how fast Wiseman yeah, kind of catches on and with this injury and, you know, that's a lot of it comes down to Wiseman, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Clay. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, should we take this to questions? Get some goons on. Is it time for the goon squad? <laughs> oh, right. man, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Who do we got in today? We have... The um, the Steph uh, video today was also pretty cool. He seems excited about Andrew Cohen coming back, shockingly. Shout out to J-Ram, by the way. This is going to go out on our on our podcast feed, but shout out to J-Ram for... Uh, for doing all the Steph Curry work in the background. I think it's going to be a good Steph PR campaign coming up in the next five years, Sam, for the rest of his Warriors career. Good for I him. agree with you. All right. We're bringing up Atlee first. All right. Apple, let me. By the way, request to speak if you want to speak. What's up, man? How's it going? All right. couple questions. I'll make it real quick. One, when do you think we'll fill out the roster and find out who's going to, you know, complete the rest of the roster? And secondly, are we leaving joy in buckets last season or are we fast forwarding oh that to this year goodness. too? Oh, you just, oh. Joy, a joy in buckets question. I like it. Okay. So let's, by the way, great questions, Atley. I appreciate it. Um, to the first one, I kind of don't think the roster is getting finalized till the end of summer league. And I think that's kind of true of most of the league. Everyone kind of wants to see what they have. I don't think Justinian Jessup's making the roster, but like in theory, if he shows out next week, that's something, you know, I don't know. Um, You know how this usually goes. Like everyone gets like 90% of their roster before summer league. And then at summer league GMs talk a little bit and maybe there's a little more. We haven't really seen any trades either. That's the, that's the other thing. It's not like, it's not like the Warriors are not trading. Like no one is trading. 
you know, for yeah. all this talk that like Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, Pascal Siakam, everyone's getting traded super summer. Nothing's happened. So Nothing. I wouldn't be. Yeah. And so I kind of think the Warriors, I don't know what they're going to do with their last roster spot, but I kind of think we're going to go through summer league and obviously uh, two ways will also be determined later that they're always the last on the list. Like, I don't know where, you know, Nico Mannion will end up, but I just not on, not on the goddamn roster. That's, that's all I care about. Um, I'm with you. I did hear that there were wizard scouts at the, at the summer league games in SAC. So, you know, that's all, that's kind of due diligence stuff that I'm sure Washington's getting ready for. If, uh, if that Dinwiddie move doesn't work out, which I don't know why they would do that one, but um, so good for them. But um, I think, the taxpayer mid-level is, is the question, right? Because they still have $6 million. It doesn't seem like they're going to spend it unless Dennis Schroeder tells them that he wants to go to the Warriors, I guess. But I don't like, – there, there's a – there are players out there. There are players out there that I think the Warriors should take on. Like Paul Mills has one of them. We just talked about Avery Bradley. Um, there are guys that I think the Warriors should look at picking up instead of instead of kind of using that roster spot on a – on like Jessup, for example. Like I just I just don't – there's – there's nothing about Jessup that that tells you that he can, you know, one. I mean, those for, four, those four those first right. those first two California Classic games were disappointing. Little but little you little you got to think about it in another way. They own his draft rights. If he balls out next week, even if they don't want to put him on the roster, they could trade his rights. They could do stuff with him, you know. So I mean, it's like it's a. Uh, I mean, it is an asset, so to say, right? It's something they have. It may not be the most important asset, but it is an asset. So they they did uh, get rid of. Uh, Pascal contract, so they did. They did that for a twenty eighty eight protected second. <laughs> Fair. I don't know what that. Oh no, that that was pretty interesting. But um, yeah. but I, I uh, okay. Join join buckets before we get to the next guy. One of the worst taglines we've ever heard. I think of all time. I, I, it's safe to say, just one of the roughest we've ever heard. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's. I feel like join buckets is like something someone who wants to make fun of like all the worst qualities of the Warriors organization came up with. Like it's like talking too much about joy. All they really have is Steph Curry shooting threes. And it's just like joy in buckets. It's like the perfect thing to just make fun of on repeat. I don't know. It's just, it's true. true. Yeah. I think we're, I, I don't, I hope we're not join buckets next year. I hope we have a different cliche, but, um, yeah, we'll see. We will the see. War, the All Warriors. Right. The Warriors have done a lot this offseason to offset the mistake they've made last year. Hopefully, the social media team is part of it. <laughs> yeah, next, absolutely. Next Let's man or next. woman up. CJ, what's up, my man? Yeah, how you doing, man? Um, what's up, brother? Big concerns with the uh, with the Warriors. Like they were, they didn't address the issue with rebounding. I think the Warriors are like top ten worst rebounding team last year, and for the second concern is every championship, if the Warriors do make the playoffs, every good contending team needs like two playmaking guards. You look at the Clippers, they had Jackson, and the Suns had uh, Cameron Payne. So, like, what you guys think about that, and what seed do you expect the Warriors to be this season? Appreciate you. I do, so, CJ, that's – Great point, because that's been something I've been on about. That's why I wanted Book Knight, for example. It's why I've like want a downhill guard. I just don't think this team has enough guys who can create a play when the shot clock's running down. It's really just Steph Curry. Now, Jordan Poole's so in signs he can be that guy. Um, but in general, playmaking is something I have a question about. If Draymond's offense gets a little better... I mean, we know Draymond can pass. We know Andre Godal can pass. And actually, to be honest, Kuminga kind of looks like a guy who long-term can be one of those guys who gets you a bucket at the end of shot clocks. But that is something I, I, I've always – I always feel like the Warriors somewhat undervalue individual shot creation. Yeah, I think that's that's where they believe that the system is able to get great shots, um, regardless of sometimes the players – Right. And with regards to shot creation, because Steve doesn't necessarily like the Jamal Crawfords and, and Lou Williams of the world. Um, and we've seen that show up as an issue in, in the postseason. Now, he is right in that those guys don't play enough defense and those guys can't really play in the postseason either. But the Warriors are on a different team right now where they have to think about that in the regular season. And then to his last question. 
And, I, and by oh, the way, that is, yeah. that, is, um, that is the point about it. It's like no one's saying like a Lou Williams type is like the player you go to in game six versus the Lakers. Right. It's that you – the Warriors didn't make it to game six versus anyone last year. Maybe they would have if they had someone who they could count on to help them seal games by just being able to like create some quick offense against the Charlotte Hornets or something like that, right? Like yeah. that's what we're talking about. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, and I guess the qu- – and here's where I'm more optim- optimistic than you, and I'm going to bang this drum all offseason. Sam, I think the Warriors have a pretty good chance to be the second-best team in the Western Conference. And I think so – because the, the, the competition in the West just isn't that great. Um, I look up and down the West, and I'm thinking Portland's a mess. I mean, they are who they are. Clippers have Kawhi Hurt. Denver has Jamal Hurt. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, I mean, Chris Paul is going to be 38 years old. I just don't see a team that – Denver – now, Utah's good. Utah's good. I just don't see a team that you can tell me – Until, yes. until you sp- until you space them out and then they're not so good. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, still, you know, in a series, I, I may still – at least in the regular season, right? The Utah maybe just still have the best record. But, again, like, I'm looking at all these teams and I'm thinking – there's no reason why the Warriors can't be the second best team in the West behind, you know, our favorite team, the Lakers, um, and their their cadre of forty year olds. But uh, I'm more one day, I think one pod we're going to have to discuss the uh, what we think yeah, of the Lakers because, like, I, I go back, <laughs> I go back and forth on what I think. Like, I, I just I have visions of Russell Westbrook taking an ill advised three while LeBron is wide open to lose a playoff game, and it just makes me so happy internally. You know, Anthony um, Davis is going to be I, I want to get to next season. But yeah, you keep going. I want to uh, get to CJ's other question because we kind of skipped over it. Ah, um, mm. Rebounding. Do you think they address rebounding? Right. This is this is I think the part I'm concerned about uh, most. That, that talking about the size, especially regular season, is that I, I don't see what's wrong with getting someone like Aaron Baines with with that with that uh, with that last spot. Just because you need a placeholder big man there to kind of help you out in the regular season. Now, Draymond played a lot of five last season, and he didn't really get hurt. So that's all well and good. At the same time, though, I don't know how much you can rely on that. I also don't think while Looney stayed healthy, it's not like he's this amazing rebounder either. So I would prefer them get a nice backup then. Yeah, Aaron Baines would help. Um, I do think they address some rebounding with the wings they got. Like, Here's a reality. They tend to play small more often than not. And when you have a guy like Wiggins not rebounding for his position, it's a problem. When you have uh, when you have Kent Bazemore not really getting all those many rebounds, it's a problem. So I think it's possible that guys like Otto Porter, Andre Godala help them a little bit just because they're smarter, they're better at loose ball scrambling. But a lot of this comes down to is James Wiseman going to take a step because I feel like year one, he got pushed around a lot and it was probably the thing I was least concerned about. Cause like, no, like no shit. A 19 year old physically gets bullied by 28 year olds. Like that happens, right? Like that's, that's, that's the easy, that's just a thing that's going to change with him getting stronger over time. But it's, it's something to be said because if he actually grows into his body, he should be a quote unquote rebounding plus. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a 12 rebound guy for the rest of his career, you would think. Um, So let's, uh, that's a, that's a guy that Charles Barkley is criticizing every time he doesn't get 20 rebounds. Like (laughs) that's who he should be. He should be the guy getting the Dwight treatment. like, you should be dominating. I don't know. Or like Shaq yelling that like, why are you not getting 40 and 20? Like he got that every game or something. By the (laughs) way, is there anyone bigger than, than James Wiseman in the NBA? He might be one of the largest and like most athletic just kind of I mean, it's it's really just, just it's NBA. really just like Rudy Gobert and Boban in terms it's of ridiculous. Height. Yeah, and, and it's not um, like he's a clunky guy. James Wiseman. No, I mean, he's he's a different he's a completely different level athlete than those guys. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he just needs to get stronger. I like that's the part of his game I'm least concerned about. Like he he's going to put on strength. Um, other stuff maybe a little more concerned. <laughs> Will, what's up, dude? What's up, fellas? How we doing? Wonderful Friday happy hour here. I'm loving it, man. Well, I wanted to say, and I'm just joining the group chat, so I don't know if this has been touched upon. Okay. I'm actually pretty content with what Bob Myers was able to do, given our cap flexibility. Um, you know, Iguodala is 38. I'm not expecting much. But in terms of 
him kind of mentoring the younger guys and Moody and Kaminga. I think that's a really good guy to have. I mean, he's a pro's pro. He's put in the work to be around still at his age. So I think that's the ideal guy to have. Um, you know, I think constructing a team is like building a puzzle. You got to find pieces that fit. Otto Porter Jr. I mean, he shot 44% on catch and make threes, I think, in his career, which is insane. And he really fits kind of the dynamic we have going. Bielitz is a guy we've liked for a long time. It's good to have like kind of a stretch big that can shoot as well there. Those guys fit our roster perfectly. And I'm really enjoying those guys. And given that there was no big trade available, I mean, we saw the asking price for Simmons on draft night. There's no way we're going to do that. Dame's over in Japan right now. It seems uh, like by the way, shout out, up. shout out Daryl Morey, just like trying <laughs> so hard to bring up his value. Like, I mean, it's like, I need him and I need him and Joe Lacob in a room just trying to like outsell each other. That's what I need. <laughs> oh man, I, I agree, dude. I mean, it's like there's like four or five guys in the league that was worth what he was asking for for Simmons. I'm just like, yeah, that's uh that's total bullshit. But um yeah, I think what I'm saying is I think Bob Myers, given the circumstances, did really well. And, you know, I think the guys we drafted, maybe they don't help us next year, but seeing what Kaminga did in the summer league. I mean, I was impressed with how he is athletically and people were saying with Wiseman, like he only played three games, you know, in college. Kamingo only played like 10 or 11 G league games. Is that correct? 13. Yeah. yeah. I mean, still not a huge I mean, sample size, right? Granted, like Jalen green played 15, like they only played 15 games total. So it's not like, you know, he missed, two, he sat two games. So, but yes, you're right. It's not a huge sample. It reminds me of the Lamello thing where everyone's like, Oh, he shot it poorly in 11 games in Australia. It's like, well, I mean, how much are we really going to read into 11 games, right? Yeah, that's kind of my point with it too, man. It's like, you know, I just don't think it's a big enough sample size to make a judgment. But seeing what I saw, you know, he did have his turnover problems, but he's 18 years old. I mean, come on. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited for next year. And I think, you know, outside the Lakers, I think we've got a chance to maybe get back into the deep, you know, playoff realm. So I'm really pumped. I think this is going to be a good year for us. Will, appreciate the call. Love the positivity. That's what I like I to do, hear. I mean, here's the reality of the situation. If they get a healthy auto porter, he's worth well more than the mid-level exception. Forget like the, the vet minimum. Healthy auto porter is a you know, fifteen million dollar player, twenty million, something yeah, like that, right? Yeah, I just don't. He's I just level type of player. I, I mean, and I would ar- and I would argue he's a more he's more of a winning better player fit. because yeah, yeah but yeah. but who know who knows what his health situation is like? So I'm trying to temper expectations, hoping it's right. like somewhere in the middle between right. what happened um, the last couple of years, which have been like injury plagued and you know peak auto porter. We'll take we'll take middle of the road healthy auto porter. I, I also think um, I also think the Warriors, if there is going to be tra- a trade down the line that makes sense for them, I think they'll make it. Like, I don't think. Look, I'm a big fan of of Kaminga. He had a great first game and Moody, and and you know I'm 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 you know good on Wiseman too. But I think the Warriors, if there is a trade out there, they will they will do it if it makes sense. They will do it, and so I think that's where kind of the optimism comes in. Now, a couple of things I, I just I just want. I would prefer the Warriors just use that tax mid-level no matter what. It's not a, it's not like a traded player exception where you can bring it into a season and then say, well, we can wait till the trade deadline and we'll use it, right, at the trade deadline if we're good enough. So I would prefer that they use it. So we'll see what happens there. But good call. Absolutely. Let's keep moving. Chick, what's up, man? I was just taking a look at the roster, and I think we're mostly set outside of maybe like a veteran big someone like Paul Millsap or Marquise Chris or something like that, or Aaron Baines. But I think with regards to our guard depth, what do you think about um, Nico versus Gary Payton as a, like a primary backup uh, to Steph? Or are we just going to be running Iguodala at, at the point? What, what do you think? Uh, what do you think we're going to be doing? Appreciate the call, Shay. Um Whichever one of them can become a three-point shooter faster is my answer, honestly. Uh, I kind of think this team's going to give Nico a contract, uh, maybe a two-way, something like that, because I think it's in there. Nico's younger. There's higher ceiling, even though GP2 can actually 
get on the court and do something positive next year if needed. Like you can at least defend it in NBA level. Andy, Andy's so disgusted about his topic, he doesn't even want to answer. So I'm going to get to the next call. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. <laughs> Andy's not here for Nico versus Gary Payton Jr. talk. I was actually opening up a beer, but um, um, I, I think that they, I think it should be a vet. I think that roster spot should be for a vet. I, I, like, I get it. I get the reason why they would or wouldn't want to do it. You want to preserve that spot, like kind of similar with Jessa. But <sighs> if you can get Avery Bradley with it. I mean, there's no, there's just not enough upside there to care. I think about those guys with Nico and Jessup. Like, there just isn't upside there for for me to care. But again, I said the same thing about Jordan Poole. And Jordan Poole is awesome. So I don't know. Maybe Nico Mannion ends up making a leap like Jordan Poole last season. Sam, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I th- I do think it's going to be Jordan Poole as the primary backup point guard with Igudala being a ball handler. But anyway, we'll keep moving. Jared, what's going on, man? What's going on? Quick question for you guys. How does Damian Lee maintain a roster spot? Uh, I was in the <laughs> chat a little earlier in the conversation just uh, talking to see if we could move him. I think he has a brother-in-law clause written in. But just <laughs> oh, wondering, God. like, what – like, all these people that were talking about upside, Damian Lee, I feel like, has reached his. So w- what can we do with him? Do you think anyone will pick him up? Um, do you think he'll get released? Cause I, you know, he, he's, he's, oh boy. he's almost Kent. He's almost Kent Bazemore, but doesn't foul. <laughs> oh boy. Jared, oh, wow. appreciate the call. I actually feel opposite. I'm, I'm pro Damian Lee for a, for a vet minimum. He knows the system. He does not make mistakes and he hits just enough shots. I think like, look, you know, it, if there was a better option out there in free agency, I'd say move on from him. But I'm okay with him taking a roster spot because he's the type of dude you cannot play for five games in a row. And then you need him because let's just say Clay's getting a maintenance day and he's not playing or something. You can throw Damian Lee out there for 15 minutes and count on him to not mess up, I guess is what I want to get at. Nine, yeah. 39.7% from three the last two years for the war for his Warriors career. He's been basically a 38% three point shooter. Um, I just don't think you get better than that at like the end of the bench. Yeah, no, I am with you though. I do get Jared's Jared's point in that there's a little base more to him because he knows how to run the offense. He, he gets it, but you watch him play basketball and he does make some mind numbing mistake mistakes, especially defensively. You were just like, Oh my goodness. But again, Part of that is because he has to play so many minutes the last two seasons because the Warriors didn't have anyone else. Pre- the Warriors would preferably, uh, or preferably, uh, not play him those minutes this season, right? Like, there's a reason why um, Otto Porter's on the team. Andrew Wiggins, what Clay Thompson, you know, when he's back in December, is going is to play the Jordan Poole, is going to play a lot more in the beginning of the season versus what he did last season. So um, I'm with you. And he also only makes like, like a million bucks, I think, under that. I don't even know what he makes, but very little. Um, for a forty percent shooter that knows how to play Steve Kerr's offense and and tries really hard, I think that's all right. That's that eleventh guy. Yeah, you're you're just you're not going to do better than him for your deep bench. He's wonderful in his role. The Michael issue Holder, is if he, on the other hand, if he's playing if he's playing thirty plus minutes, that's a more of a commentary on your roster construction than yeah. yeah. It, ain't, it ain't Lee's fault. No, he's 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 carved out a nice role in the NBA, and good for him. Yeah, right. I mean, when he first came here, it did feel like it was mostly Steph, but he is a decent player now. Sure. Um, Junior, what's going on, man? I like the new hey, callers. Like hey, what's up, y'all? Um, so I just had one quick question. In terms of the current roster, if, if things were to stay as it's constructed, do you guys feel more comfortable with Wiggins at the two and Otto Porter maybe starting at the three? Or do you think that they're going to use Damian Lee or Moody or whoever's ready to play that two-guard spot? And then if you had the mid-level um, to address either backup point guard or that two guard for a filler until Clay's ready, um, what do you guys think about that? Ooh, these are great questions. Nonstop, Pre- nonstop great takes today. Yeah, nonstop. So I think I'd go Damian Lee and I'd bring Otto off the bench um, until I feel confident that like Otto Porter's physically in 2017 or 18 shape. So... Uh, until that happens, I think that's the move, especially since Damian Lee does like a pretty decent Clay Thompson impression in terms of off ball movement with Steph. So you at least get some of that going. Like, obviously, not defenses aren't reacting to the same way as Clay, but at least does a good impression of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then 
to the second one, I, I think we talked about it. Like the two names, the two best names that are left are Avery Bradley and Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, downhill, pick and roll guard. Avery Bradley, more of a system fit, point of attack defender and shooting guard. Probably leaning Avery Bradley, but I'd be okay either way. Yeah. Um, you know, you get Dennis Schroeder, you're playing some small, a lot more small backcourt, but at least it's good. And also, I just don't think you're getting Dennis Schroeder. Someone throws yeah, out Wes. Yeah. Someone threw out Wes Matthews in the chat. Um, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess there's no difference between Wes Matthews and Avery. Well, uh, Avery Bradley. Every Bradley's better point of attack defender. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan Poole would be my answer at two, just because I want to spice things up. Like, give me, give me Jordan Poole too. Uh, it's not like he's that much worse defensively than Damian Lee. He's not a better shooter in terms of uh, just kind of catch and shoot, but give me the shot creation. You need it, and he's shown that he's good enough uh, to play it, especially in the end of games uh, last year against playoff teams. Get him that role. He's got, he deserves it, and I think he's probably gotten better this season. We saw Hardy work last season, so put Poole at the two. Steph Poole, two small guards, right? Two small guards, but it's the regular season. You can probably get – like Portland is good every season despite having two small guards. You can get away with that. Um, and so give I me agree. those guys. Yeah. And I do think Jordan Poole, at least until Clay is fully back, is going to probably get the most minutes outside of Steph Curry in the backcourt. 30 minutes so, a game. Yeah. 30 some, minutes something game like that. Play. I mean, he's, he's a good player. I, he'll, he'll probably start off the bench, but he'll close games. So works for me. All right. And Avery. I'm all in on Avery. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really do anything. Yeah. He didn't really do anything last year, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Just like Otto, just like Nemanja. <laughs> Roland, what's up, dude? Uh, what's up, guys? So, on a one out of 10 scale, how confident are, how confident are you that you think that the Warriors could not contend for a uh, title, but at least, get to the Western Conference Finals at minimum. In 2021-22? Yeah. Okay. Hey, good, qu- good question. Andy, one out of 10, where are you at with that? Get to the Western <laughs> Conference Finals. 21-22. What do you think he was asking? 22-23? 25? I, I, just, uh, I mean, I didn't know if he was talking about, like, over the next four years. Like, I don't know. You know? I, just, I would say it's worth asking. Kaminga's getting us there for the next 10 years. Uh, <laughs> uh, next season, Western Conference Finals. My confidence level, I would say probably a six. Like I was going to go five, just kind of lukewarm, but I tilted a little bit to okay. six. Just a lot of things the hedge, go right. The hedge number. Yeah. The hedge number. I, okay. I hedge a little on the optimism side, but I'm, I'm optimistic that they'll be a, they'll be better than a lot of teams. But again, so much of that depends on health. Depends on. I mean, it really just depends on health. Actually, it just it just depends on health for these guys. Um, if Clay's relatively healthy, if Otto's relatively healthy, if Nemanja's like. That's really if James Wiseman comes back from his meniscus healthy, right? Like so much of that. Um, so I, I'm going to go six, and and part of that too is again, the Western Conference does not impress me outside of the Lakers. Yeah, um, I'm going to go on the lower side. I'll, I'll go to five. Honestly, um, I think there's a pathway. I think it might have to involve a midseason trade. Everything has to go right with health, but you know, if you enter the playoffs with a healthy Clay Thompson, I feel like they have a puncher's chance honestly they do they're like right there so um do i feel confident about it no but is are they out of it no they're they're very much like the thing that's kind of annoying about the warriors is like they're sitting in this like kind of in it kind of not in it like they're not committed so you know i can see it yeah and and i think part of it too is like how many when does clay thompson hit the 16 month mark after his injury right like what is he going to look like when that happens um because we saw with kd that he came back and looked like dude did this guy even get hurt and so you're thinking like all right when that 16 month mark comes and it's that's obviously not december january when it comes back but you know after that we'll see what we'll see what happens a long ways away absolutely all right keep moving chris what's up man hey how's it going it's good what you got for us so, uh, quick question. You guys mentioned Jordan Poole. I got two questions, actually. Um, about Jordan Poole, exactly how uh, – we seen him make uh, jumps last year. Like, like especially right. I think about – I think about him in that play-in game. He tried dunking on LeBron and, like, <laughs> he 
he had that nasty fadeaway in the corner. Like he was, he had big upside. Um, right. How good do we really expect Jordan Poole to be this year? First question. And second question, um, exactly how good does Wiseman have to be to be effective? Like Ooh. he's not going to be eight in his second year, I don't think, but how good does he have to be? I mean, he, I mean, does he have to be that great of a center for us to contend? Those are my two questions. Chris, those are great. Those are great questions. All right, I'm going to start on Jordan Poole. So Jordan Poole averaged 12 points last year in 20 minutes. Um, I think he can realistically be the second leading scorer on this team this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not going to be clay because he's probably going to be on minutes limits. Like clay will be probably averaging 10 to 15 points, something like that. Um, maybe more when the playoffs come around, but I just, I just think the whole year with clay is going to be like a maintenance thing where the numbers yep. don't really yep. like tell you what he is. I think Jordan Poole might average 17 or 18 points. Honestly, I think they're going to be playing him 30 minutes a game. I think he's the second best shot creator on the team. Actually, I don't fact. think I know that for a fact. Um, and uh, I mean, he's not that far off from being a consistent scorer. Like, does that mean he's a star? No, he might. He might be Lou Williams. You know, you know, something like that. But I think he has a chance to really, really help this team more than just being like instant offense. Um, can you hear me, Sam? I can. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just got a phone call. It kind of messes up green room sometimes. Um, all right, before we get to Wiseman, the pool, so I, I agree with you. Now, part of it's going to be he did shoot 35% from three last season. He went through some – and, again, he started the season very, 88% very cool. from the line, by the way. He can definitely Great shoot. Great. Yeah, he could shoot. Like, that stroke is – because he takes bad shots. Right? That's part yeah. of it, right? Like, he takes bad shots. And, again, I, like, part of it is he also started the season poorly. Um, right. And we talked about it at length throughout the, the entire season. Part of that is the position that he was in. Part of that is he had very little confidence. He had to go back to the G League to regain that confidence and then come back um, and, and was an impressive. A's. I don't think it's a flash in the pan. I don't think that you think that's the case either. Um, so if he can if he can sustain that relative efficiency, 35%, um, and then and then decent kind of two-point shooting, and then he does it at, what did you, what did you say he said, 20 minutes a game? If he can do it at 28, 30 minutes a game, kind of the same efficiency, then yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's another leap that he can take. Um, I think the problem with him mostly is I'm concerned what happens when he has to play with Steph on the floor as well. Can he hold up defensively? Because um, you got two guys like that. But offensively, I'm with you. James Wiseman, though, is the – so I'm relatively confident in Poole's kind of ability to get better there. Wiseman, I think I'm much more concerned about, not because of his ability, because we kind of just don't know. But, Sam, he's not going to be able to be on the court until October. Like, there's just yeah, no, I, right? I, I, I just I just don't know what to expect from him next year because – he should be playing at summer league. He should be going through these reps oh, with Kaminga. Right. And obviously, obviously he's not going to because of the injury. It's no one's fault there, but like we're hoping he gets on the court in October, honestly, maybe before that, maybe September. And I don't know. I mean, he was so raw to begin with, and now he has an injury setback. Like I just don't know what's realistic with him. Honestly, I would yeah. settle for him being, what would JaVale McGee was for the Warriors next year? Like if he can just be semi-confident on defense and finish everything, I will consider that a huge W for year two. Yeah. People were always, people were always enamored with Marquise Chris, not always enamored one season, but he was, he was, um, he was good because he shot threes when he was open and he made some of them. He was, uh, he got better as a defender. Um, and then he just rim ran a lot. He and made, and he made the right pass. Yeah. He was. He actually was. That that's actually the thing. I don't know if Wiseman could do, but he did. He did look to always pass right um, with Chris. So I, I think it's unfair to expect anything out of Wiseman because I just I don't think he's look. He's he's not even shooting. Like he's not even playing basketball right now. It's like there's no way the guy's gonna be ready to play winning basketball for a contending team by by October November. Just no way. I don't see it. But. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to watch him play a little bit before we can really answer what is a realistic, uh, like contribution for him in this season. Just alone. Yep. yep. All right, last call today. Jake, what's up, dude? All new callers today. I love it. Oh, the no, Friday, the Friday, the Friday five crowd is different. Jake, <laughs> what's going on, man? 
Hey guys, how you doing? There we go. Good. Sorry. What's up? Sorry about that. Um, so guys, I wonder if you can give me some advice on this. I know if we're looking for spicy K-pop takes and a bit of brawn trolling, we're going to Andy. Sam, you're the housing policy, policy in the Bay Area, man. <laughs> can you break down for me who you look to in terms of Warriors beat writers for what sort of scoops? Like who are you Ooh. trusting for deep intelligence in which particular areas? I like that question, Jake. Oh, I like that question. This is a good way to end. This is a good way to end the show. This is a good way to end the show. I'll let you Sam? go first, Andy. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm just gonna throw some names out there. But if I were to look at someone who knows, who knows what's going on in the locker room, and who knows what every single player feels, and also has the best sources, Warriors related, Marcus Thompson, MT. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. So I'll start there. I'll, I'll start there. I'll start there. You got and you got another one. You got another one. I got. I'll throw out some more, but I was waiting. For I would. I would say Slater overall has the best pulse on the organization too mm-hmm. these days. Like he, he, he's 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 well sourced with the coaching staff. Well sourced with um, management. He generally. I mean, there's a reason he tends to break everything Warriors related. It's it's not because he just you know he's lucky. You know, he's got he's got the best source game. So those uh, Slater would be kind of the person I would say is like the starting point for a beat person to get you the best sourcing. Um, yeah, I agree with Junior. Rocco is also a great source. Rocco <laughs> has all the news. We're gonna end it there. Got to got to show love to the athletic guys. They they're always good to us. They do a wonderful I, job. I think that's kind of like the the, the elite, right? Like everyone else is kind of just you know. They, they do their jobs, but I think those guys are elite guys. Ethan's kind of stepped off a little bit. So I think those guys are elite guys. And then, of course, how can I not, Sam, bring up my guy, Tim Kawakami? Come on, from one Asian man Shout to out another. TK. Shout out, TK. You know, blame me. All right, everyone have a great weekend. <laughs>